Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to All Worth Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Glad you are joining our program. This is a financial show where we talk about money and retirement and savings and investments and real estate and taxes, insurance, mortgages, everything related to the financial planning. We are uh, financial advisors ourselves, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultants. That's what we do during the week. We uh, air this program on the weekends to be your financial advisors, I guess, virtually. So. If you've got advisors you work with today, great. If uh, you don't, uh, regardless, we want you to consider this program another source for information. And by the way, if you want a second opinion on something, if someone's recommending some sort of financial product to you and you're wondering if it's the right thing, feel free to give us a call. I mean, uh, it, there are so many times we see people make these investment decisions, quote-unquote investment decisions, and you look at it down the road and you think, wow, I wish you would have talked to some other professionals because this was not at all normal advice. And you could have really saved yourself from yes. getting involved in something you and can never get out of. Or- fortunately, most of the times they ask those questions is after the fact when Correct. they've already purchased it. And the problem some with Some non-traded that- read or something they can't get out of. 20-year surrender charge and some annuity or something along those lines. Yes. Right? You see, I mean, that's what you see. It's happened to my own family members. My own family members sold stuff that they was inappropriate. You would think that they would like, hmm, that's Pat McLean's family member. Maybe Pat might look over what I'm doing. I did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I should say they were trying to be sold to my family members. Okay, I did. All right, all right. It was brought to me, and they said, "What do you think?" And right. I said, "So, if you'd like a second opinion from us, or if you just have a financial question, we'd love to take your calls." If you've listened to this program for a while, you know that um, we take quite a few uh, calls, and we enjoy that. And our number to be part of the program is eight three three ninety nine worth. That's 833-99-WORTH. Numerically, it's 833-999-6784. And if you're a podcast listener, listening to this 2 a.m., whatever, wherever you are, you can still be part of the program. You, know, you just call us, and we schedule a time to record your question. Again, it's 833-99-WORTH. And uh, why don't we just start off with some calls here? Let's talk. Sounds like a plan. With Vicki. Vicki, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have questions mostly about um, being uh, the executor of uh, a trust that now um, my parents are in their 90s and they're relying on me to sort of manage things for them. But it's kind of difficult when your parents are at that age where you still kind of see them as able, but they're really not. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is difficult. And nobody nobody really tells you what to do. Uh, I mean, mm. I've prepared my own plan, uh, and I have a financial advisor, but uh, I don't really know what to do with their money because I need it to be secure, but at the same time, liquid. And, right? how, so, and how many beneficiaries to the estate are there? Uh, there are now three. Okay. And how are they in an assisted living or anything like that at this stage? Yeah, we've recently had to put them in assisted living because you know me, uh, medicine management and yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Um, you know three meals a day, all that kind of stuff. They can't cook, you know, not a good idea. And what's what what are, what are the monthly expenses for the assisted living and the other things that go along with that? So their monthly expenses, uh, yeah. So they're making more money retired than they ever did living, um, and. They, I would say, their uh, monthly expenses are no more than seven thousand a month. And what is what Probably income sources being. do they have? So, uh, my dad was a veteran, um, Korea and Vietnam, and uh, U.S. Air Force retired. So um, he has a pretty good retirement. He was in for over twenty years. Um, they have retirement from the Air Force, Social Security, and also he had two annuities that we annuitized when he was in his mid-80s. And are okay. these lifetime annuities? So or? Those, actually, those actually did really well. One is a life annuity. Uh-huh. Well, they both actually ended up being uh, 
a set income for 10 years. Okay, so they're 10 year annuities. And then yeah. what do you, what so do you, they're making? Mm-hmm. So th- there's enough money coming in each month to cover their expenses. Oh, wait, is that wait, right? So, 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 so uh, step back for a second. Are they 10 year annuities or 10 year with life certain? Oh, no, they're going to finish in 10 years. Okay, so they're just. So if he's flat 100 years t- old, he'll be a millionaire. <laughs> so I keep giving him living, you know, uh, encouragement to stay to live to be a hundred, so he can be a millionaire when he re- when he's done. Okay. And then, how much how much do they have in in assets? Uh, basically, they've gotten rid of all their cars. They have very yeah, inv- yeah. of cash. In- investments. What what what? How much Including savings? Cash. Investments. Whatever. Everything is pretty much cashed out and coming in, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I'm but trying to, so is it at $10,000 or $900,000? Oh, like about 14500 a month coming in. No, no yeah, correct. But out. if you took everything, so did you sell the house when they went into the assisted living? Yes. Okay, so if you took all the money they had in all the accounts, in IRAs, brokerage, annuities that haven't been annuitized, all of those dollars, and you put it in a suitcase. How much money would be in that suitcase? Um. So everything is just coming in monthly now. They don't have anything else invested, and everything is in like a savings and checking account. Okay, which is the reason I'm calling. How you. much money okay. is in savings? <laughs> okay, how you. much money is in savings and checking? About three hundred fifty thousand right now. Okay, and that included the proceeds from the sale of the home. Correct. Okay. Got All right. And All right. So your you. question to us is what we understand. So you, they've got, they've got. What uh, do you do to keep up with the rate of inflation? You don't worry really about it. My question. You don't worry about it. You don't worry so about it. My advisor told me to put it into like a, a mutual fund where it earns a little bit more than the savings account. Would that be a yeah, correct or safe yeah. thing? Yeah. I don't. You know. Oh, well, I mean, one question I would have is is your 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 father's pension is there a survivor benefit on that and what is it because some of those older military pensions the oftentimes someone would take a single life on it because the the, the way the beneficiary payouts were structured was not such a great deal so i'd want to and and when does that 10-year annuity run out what age and it's not the inflation i'm worried about it's long-term care that's right that's right okay for for, for the surviving it goes from seven grand a month to 20 grand a month Right, because if your if your dad yeah. predeceases your mom, uh, will will that income is it a single life only annuity uh, pension that he did? Is it a joint survivor? If it is a joint survivor, there were many different elections he could take. It is. There's three. There's the my my mother would be the first beneficiary, and then if she passes, you know what I mean. If, That's on if the annuities. One spouse passes. Uh, then they they are each other's beneficiary, but if each if both of them pass, then it goes on to the kids. That's the, the annuities. That's not the pension. Oh, the pension. It would just I believe it just goes to the parent, mother, or father. Does a hundred percent of it go to the mother? Yes. Okay. All right. So you've got a ten year certain on these annuities. What? Uh, mm-hmm. When does the ten year certain run out? Uh, 2028. Okay. Um, so we've got seven how much years. In, how much income them. is coming from those? Um, a little over 7,000. Okay. okay. So that pretty much covers their expenses every yeah, that's month. Right. Right? And then that's the rest right. Is kind that's right. So, of, it, so but you can think about it. Savings. If you also think about it this way, I mean, they're essentially spending some of their savings. They just chose to take this, have paid out over 10 years. So they're not living off the interest, right? They're, they they're using the principal. They gave no. it to the insurance company and says, give it back over the next 10 years. That's what they did yeah, when they annuitized. Which may yeah. have been fine. That's what it, where it's where we are. So, so. W- w- inflation should not be a concern at all, right? Inflation shouldn't be a concern. There, there will be some inflation between now and then, but that isn't the concern. The concern is... Is there enough money for mom and dad to live comfortably in a skilled nursing facility till their dying day? That's what your concern is. And I don't know why your advisor even introduced inflation. The inflation is going from assisted living to full-time nursing care. That's the inflation. (laughs) Well, actually, my brother, who who likes to 
dabble in stock markets and so on. And he's really, he's really good with money. He used to have a CPA, but now he has a different job. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of wants me to invest some of this money. So it will well, actually so what ha- money let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. But I wouldn't want to lose it all. I feel very uncomfortable with that. What happens if you take, you took a hundred thousand and you put it somewhere and a year from now it's worth $80,000. Right. Well, but Scott, why, just buy some tips. Make everyone happy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Seriously. If I had a brother yeah. that was saying to me, we should worry about inflation, and I thought it was nothing, I would just pacify them by, with, by buying some treasury-protected uh, bonds. Well, that deals with the inflation, but his, she's got a brother that thinks that you should put some stocks. If I tell you what, No, there shouldn't be any stocks if this in this were my, If these were my parents, I would keep the money in cash. I'd, I'd keep it in the bank. I'd, I'd move it to an online bank that paid a little bit higher than the local institution. We just you know, don't have that much time. You, you, and you have no idea what's in front of and you. And at seven, we, what we do know is in, t- in 2028, the income's getting cut in half, and we need liquidity right. there. That, and seven years is not... I mean, if you go through other market cycles, you, you might not, things might not recover within seven years. Your brother's asking you to borrow trouble. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Well, I, I just need yeah, to think about this. Think about this. I think, feel like I'm think doing about, yeah, To Pat's point, think about this. You invest in something. It's a year down the road. It's Thanksgiving or whatever. You're together. Uh, the economy is in, in the tank. The, the value's down. And now you're having this conversation. Uh-oh. Mom and dad's portfolio is not what we thought it was. Oh, the stock that we thought was such a great thing hasn't worked out. Yeah. You're, you're not, ma- you're managing this not for your brother. You're mar- managing, you are the trustee. You're managing it for your 100%. parents, not for your brother. Okay. If there are 3 million, not 350, well, then I mean, great. have a different story. But, but there's 350. There's not a lot of room for error here. There's okay. not a lot. And so if you want a little oh, bit we higher. We have longevity in our family. My grandmother lived to right. 103. So, you know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That, that, that even more reason to keep the dollars in a bank account. They're in their 90s. They're already in assisted living. Yeah. You want to make sure you've got as much liquidity as possible for whatever comes up. Yeah. And no principal fluctuation. So if you want a little bit of higher yield, just go to, you know, Marcus by Goldman or... Uh, go online LA and look at, uh, yeah, go to bankrate.com. You're going to get a little bit more, but what would a good, in, what would a good savings account? Is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do they make? But 1% or something. Oh, not yeah. much. Not even less yeah, than that. Like, yeah. yeah. Probably a half percent. Yeah. <laughs> the concern right. is right now you want return of principle more than you want return on principle. You want those dollars secure Something happens. Suddenly, mom's in and in, needs full time skilled care, whatever, right? And the in your, your expenses suddenly go way up. Mm-hmm. And like, where are those extra dollars going to come from? You're yeah. the trustee. Yeah, we. You're there's managing. some me, there's some medicine that Medicare doesn't cover. Correct. All those Correct. sort of things. And vitamins too. They don't cover vitamins either. Oh yes, so. I know that. I'll tell a quick story after this call about vitamins. <laughs> right. uh, hey, okay. Vicky, right. appreciate- bl- bless you, by the way, for taking care of your parents. And you're looking at things Thank the right you. way. You really are. Appreciate the call. Uh, yeah. So after my father passed away, um, I started getting bills from this company that was delivering vitamins to uh, the nursing home facility that the doctor had prescribed that weren't covered by um, Medicare. And so- they kept delivering them? They, well, no, they were delivering while he was alive, but he never paid the bill and it wasn't covered by Medicare, but they just kept delivering, 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 delivering this, these vitamins. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. And so, Over months or years? Oh, the bill got up to fourteen, fifteen thousand oh, dollars got in vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> right? For an old guy in a nursing home. <laughs> right? And so they somehow got a hold of me. And my dad didn't you have- You got to be kidding there, me. There wasn't anything in, you know, as many people in America, there wasn't anything much left of my dad's estate when he passed away. And so they got a hold of my- put a, Try to put a claim on the estate saying they got, they went- Well, they got a hold of my cell number and they said, we're going to put a claim on the estate you need to pay this bill for 14000 Like, oh, I'm going to report you to elder care. Abuse. And I said- Elder abuse. I said, claim away. Good luck. Have a good time. See what you can get. And, I, and they said, well, you owe the money. You're responsible. You? Yeah, me personally. 
And I said, well, explain to me how uh, being uh, my father's son that I'm personally responsible <laughs> for, his for their, his debts. <laughs> and they said, well, you're, you're closing the estate. And I said, okay, why does that make me personally responsible? You can put a claim against the estate. And, they, and I said, but go ahead if you want. It won't get paid. I said, it's your- Because there's nothing there? Yeah. I, yeah. I said, it's your business model that actually decided to charge $3 for a vitamin uh, D3, not what it cost in a grocery store or a pharmacy of three cents. You were the ones that marked it up. It's your business model to grossly overinflate the price of these vitamins, deliver them to the nursing That's home. That's terrible. I said, but look- and they then they don't they don't get paid until someone passes on, and then they go after the family or the estate. Yeah, and I said, look, here's the deal. Wow, I'll send you a thousand dollars out of my own pocket, and we'll just call it a day, and you never call me again. And I said, this is a one time offer. You get two minutes to think about it, and then it will never ever be offered again. And they said, it's all or nothing. And I said, bad call on your part. You had a chance for a thousand dollars. You get nothing now. They called me for over a year trying to get money out of an estate. And they, and they time and time again, kept telling me I was personally responsible. So anytime, this is a, a, a warning for anyone. When you're- And you were going to pay the money just so that, because you, you knew that this was going to be a thorn in your side. Yeah. And it's like, look, but I said to him, it's your business model that you're going to write off so much bad debt. This is one of those. That's 100%. your model. That's your business model. The way model. they structure it. The, totally exactly. unethical. But I shared with all my brothers and sisters, anytime my dad went in and out of nursing home and, and then you're on- you know, for the first 60 days, it's covered by Medicare, and then you're on your own. Every time that he went to, and I instructed everyone in my family, don't sign any paperwork. Do not sign any paperwork on behalf of my dad. I and I alone will look at the paperwork because oftentimes what they're trying to do is actually get you financially responsible for the care. Um, that isn't part of the estate. They're trying to get you to go to the second generation, which is me for financial responsibility. So when she mentioned vitamins, like some of the vitamins aren't covered, that's what it, it just, these poor people chased me for a year. Poor people? Well, that's her job. The person calling me doesn't really, they just need the job. It's okay. the business <laughs> model, right? I, don't know, I had a friend, I had a friend uh, when I was a young man, when I was in college, and his parents owned a collection agency, and they did quite well because they had a big house and big cars and all that stuff. Uh -huh. And he worked for him. He had an alias name, and he called. It was all medical debt. Oh, and I, awesome. I remember saying, "How, Dave? How in the world can you do that?" I like, I. <laughs> what he said? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he said, "Look at my boat." <laughs> <laughs> Pass the caviar. Ah, that's bad. That's not even funny. Pass the caviar. <laughs> no one eats caviar anymore, do they? I don't know. Anyway. All right. Um, I, I certainly don't. <laughs> this is All Worth Money Matters, 833-99-WORTH. We're talking to Edith. Edith, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Yes, I pay for my own vitamins. Okay, good. <laughs> good Thank idea. You, Edith. Thank you, Edith. <laughs> I wanted to ask you particularly about the step up in, in value that the, I guess the Congress is tussling with, or is that just a presidential yeah, so far there's been that that I've seen. Uh, there's been no bills that have been written and and proposed that deal with this. But this was something that the uh, current administration had stated they wanted mm -hmm. as an uh, one of their objectives and goals was to uh, reduce the amount that can be uh, of capital gains that can be forgiven at one's death. And the way it currently is structured today is any asset that one owns, uh, when they pass away, their, their heirs will inherit it with the cost basis, their tax basis, stepped up to the fair market value. So if someone bought a building for 50000 20 years ago and it's worth 500000 today, essentially someone who inherits it, it's just like they paid 500000 for the building and they could uh, sell it and not pay any capital gain taxes. The, the administration, what they're proposing is that they would make a limit, limit that up to a I believe it was a million dollars was the proposal. But the bottom line is there's yet to be any bill out there, legislation that is putting this, just trying to put this into law at this point. Now, okay. if it does happen. Uh, well, if they do have a limit like that, it would be all right. I, I handle my son's uh, 
money, so to speak, his investments. He does the mechanics of it, and I do the investing. And he will, when I uh, pass, he will receive the um, the home, which will be sold immediately. And uh, I'm concerned about the step up in basis, whether because he and I have purchased a condo which is a rental right now, but he will move into that when the house is sold and the uh, he will move into the condo. And the mortgage, which is right now about 260000 will be paid out of the proceeds of the home sale. Do you follow? Yeah. But the- so I'm concerned as to whether he's going to... Oh. We did get a step up in value... Uh, in 2009 when my husband passed yes. away. So, and I'm wondering if um, if you say a, so, a, so if they e- do a e- million dollar forgive uh, on that, why it would be covered. The house, according to Zillow, is uh, a million. Uh, I'm sorry, we, we lost you there. A million. A million plus. Okay. So according e- to Zillow. Now, so Edith, let's let's think about this, right? So Scott mentioned the million dollars, but that may million dollars may not apply to a home. It might just be it, right now. It's all, it's all yeah. conjecture. Yeah. I mean, so, so we could worry about it if you want. Um, oh no, I don't want to worry. I just wonder what the, uh, what, what the ramifications would be if so, they do it. So I doubt well, it. We don't would know affect, what they're going to do but, yet, but quite frankly, I doubt it would affect you whatsoever. Okay. You're talking about okay. a primary residence and it's really yeah. targeted. Here's where it's targeted. Um, and it might be directly right at at Donald Trump, frankly. It, it's it's oftentimes people in in the real estate business, they're able to transfer. They, they have a piece of property, goes up in value. They do some improvements on it, whatever goes up in, in value. They sell it and they buy something similar, like kind, and they can transfer their cost basis over. It's it's a tax free exchange, and so they exchange it and they exchange it and they exchange it, and then they, they've got all these dollars in real estate and they just take loan out and they live off the proceeds of the loan. So they never pay taxes. We see the same thing can happen in, in stocks as well. And then when they pass on all that capital gain is, is forgiven because of the step up in basis. And they take the proceeds from the, um, from the estate and pay off the loans. And therefore they've been able to live off an asset and never and income from the asset in the form of loans without ever paying taxes on it. That's the target. That's, Whether you like it or not, that's that is what the target. And we talked is. about it a couple of weeks ago on our show about how people use very wealthy people, the Elon Musk of the world, the 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 the, the Bill Gates of the world, use their investment portfolios and they take loans against them in order to minimize their tax. And under current law, that step up in basis essentially allows this money that they've lived on for years and years to never be taxed at all. So it's not aimed at Edith who lives in small town America, who, you know, isn't a fat cat. Uh, it's a- aimed at people. My guess is that it probably won't, there'll be a limit. It might be a million dollars, but it might be a net worth limit as well, but it certainly isn't uh-huh. targeted. You know, no Democrat or Republican in, in back in Washington is, is taking aim at Edith and Edith. No, son. I wouldn't worry about that. I really wouldn't worry. And, and furthermore, there's no legislation out there now to, to even say we don't like it. And if it does change, it will change how good financial advisors manage people's portfolios. Because we, as financial advisors managing over $12 billion, recognize the current rules on which we live in the step-up in basis. And we will hold on to things that you might not otherwise buy today just because of the tax ramifications of actually um, changing those holdings in a portfolio. Yeah, particularly okay. as someone oh. gets older. Yeah. So, Edith, you're okay. Yeah, and I wouldn't worry about it now. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> I really well, wouldn't. I mean, pay attention to what happens with, with uh, tax changes. The, the, it has to become law, though. I yeah, mean, and even if there was— Congress, it, it, both it, houses have to agree upon it. It, it. And you had to step up in basis in, would you say, 09. So yes, even right. then, you don't have a million-plus gain in your house— um, that's yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're fine. Edith, go out and enjoy the okay. weather. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate right. The call. I've been and your fan since you, the first, uh, program you were on, 
in, uh, oh, I don't know what year it was, many years ago. 1995. No, but she... Are, Is that when you started? No, you're out, of, uh, but you're out of Denver, you, so you listen to us on uh, KOA in Denver, so... Oh, oh you, no, I'm in Sacramento. Oh, you are in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. How long have we been doing this? 1995. We started on Talk 650 originally. It was, it was middle of 1995. Oh. Oh, well, thanks for my, listening, Edith. Yeah, we appreciate it. And hopefully she's going to listen for another 26 years. Has it been 26 years? <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back in just a moment, and we'll continue on with the calls. If you want to join us, uh, 833-99-WORTH is the number to be part of the program. And stick around for more All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. And let's jump right back into the calls. We're in Denver talking with Brian. Brian, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you? We're good. This afternoon. Really good. Uh, hey, I've got a question about uh, an offer in compromise, if you guys can kind of helps steer me or give me some options. Right. We're n- I, uh, just before you ask the question, I'm going to tell you, we're going to give you <laughs> limited uh, advice. Right. I'm not looking for legal advice. <laughs> okay. That's that was Pat's point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing the so things that attorneys will say are, that's legal advice. Because they told me, you know, Scott, oftentimes you're writing legal advice and you're not an attorney. I'm like, oh, well, that's your opinion. Right. Well, you give financial <laughs> advice and you're uh, not a financial advisor, Mr. Attorney. But so right. what's your question for us? <laughs> All right, guys. So so basically, uh, it, it's pretty simple. I was um, I'm shopping around. I, I owe a lot of money in back tax from actually about 10 years ago. And it's all finally come to surface. OK. Um, and uh, I went on to the the website. It, it basically says that uh, they give you like a little tool that says, you know, whether you would qualify or you don't qualify for something of that sort. In my instance, it's pretty much saying, hey, you won't qualify. So so what I'm looking at is, um, one, still trying to make that happen. Uh, Are you represented by somebody? No. In, in fact, that's just it, is it, you know, for me to do that and... and try to submit one of these it's going to cost me another eight to ten thousand in my area how much do you how much do you owe to the irs um about a hundred thousand dollars and that's without fees and all that and that's just a pure tax that's without any of the compounding that took place on it so the pure tax yeah at some point obligation was a business for myself at some point and went through a fantastic divorce and now i i'm uh, i don't i don't have any of that type of income anymore any of these so payroll income. taxes? No. None of it's payroll. It's all income taxes. You're 100% yeah. sure that all the payroll taxes have been paid for you and your employees. Well, it's well. I would have to say that, yes, it's mine as well because I was the one that, in, I guess, incurred the, the okay. tax. Okay, but it's not payroll taxes. No, and it wouldn't be payroll. Okay, it's not Social Security withholding for you or your employees. That's Correct. that's key. Okay, so it's a hundred thousand dollars with ta- without uh, without interest or penalties on there. What is your income today? Uh, about seventy seven eighty thousand. And what other assets do you have? Uh, nothing really in my name. Uh, you know, I've got a vehicle. Um, that's about it. Okay. That's what I have now. In my name. Now, so you use the term in my name. What does right. that mean? D- is there assets that you have in someone else's name, or no? I, and and I do. I don't have that, but you know, uh, I share you know um, expenses with others that uh, like like my the home that I'm in, for instance, is not in my name. Do you but, own uh, my partner? Okay. Go ahead. Are you on? But my partner does. Okay. And when you bought this home with your partner, did you come up with any portion of the down payment for the home? Uh, no. 
Okay. Okay. All right. So d- just be careful when you use the word in my name. Have they? Don't don't mention that to the IRS. <laughs> right. <laughs> did did right. have you been in conversation? Have they have they presented any sort of offer? Uh, yeah. So so basically, uh, I haven't extended an offer yet. But what's happened is, it's, you know, I, I had everything filed and completed. There was uh, some mishaps with. Uh, uh, somebody stealing my identity and filing for certain things that I've never filed on. Okay. So we had to go through a bunch of hoopla to get here. But now I'm finally here and I'm finally starting to get letters back saying, Hey, okay, okay. they accept this or whatever. And what, what are they, what are they offering? They're not offering. They're just sending me a bill. And how big's the how bill they're sending where you? I'm at. Uh, the, for the one year, it's only been uh, a little over $5,000, but I know be, from what I've filed, what I'm supposed Who, to owe. Do you have a CPA, uh, not one of these firms that, you know, advertises and offer a compromise, go in and, and, you know, you said it's going to cost $8,000. Just go and visit yeah. with a decent CPA firm. A mid-sized. Okay. You want to talk to someone who's a tax professional, not just a. Uh... Yeah, not someone that just does offers and compromise. Because this is what's going to happen. You go to a. You don't okay. have to go to a, you know, a Deloitte or KPMG, but you probably shouldn't go to a one-person office either. Although there's many good one-person offices, but you want kind of a little broader view of the firm. Maybe four, five, six accountants in there. And they're everywhere. Go and visit with okay. one of their people. Explain your situation and then say, how do you think I should deal with this? And this is what they're going to tell you. They're going to do one of two things. They're going to say, okay, we'll do it for you. And this is what it's going to cost. And this is probably what the outcome is going to be. Or they're going to refer you over to a reputable firm that deals with nothing but offers and compromise or deals with a large portion of their business as an offer and compromise. But that's where if you were my brother – um, yeah, I would say start with a medium sized accounting firm that does tax preparation and tax planning and have the conversation. I wouldn't immediately go to the infomercial guy, but I would go to a qualified right. and it will cost you a few thousand dollars, but they'll be able to tell you what right. it's going to cost at the very beginning. It doesn't sound like you're going to be able to do it alone, though. Okay. And I, I appreciate that. I mean, I just knew that, you know, there's equity in the home that we're in that we could probably That's, use, which I don't know. It's if not yours. Right. Well, you just right. told me that. I understand that. That's not <laughs> yours. That's good. So don't ever say <laughs> there's right. equity I, in I the home that come up with a loan, a loan. For okay. Well, may, that story. might be part of the offer and compromises alone, right. but you don't own that home. You told me you or didn't they own might, that. It might reduce the amount down and they give you a number of years to pay it off. Yeah, but you don't own that home. Right. So don't offer, okay, you can't sure. pledge someone else's equity. In fact, what you just did makes me think that you actually right. have beneficial interest in the equity in the home. See, and that's, yeah, and that's why I was saying that, that that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, you should be afraid of. You should be afraid of. The IRS <laughs> yeah. is used to people yeah. hiding stuff from them. <laughs> you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. All right. I appreciate the show. You better deal with it now because it's not going to go away it's on its own. It's not going to go yeah. away. Oh, no, no. And that's what I've been trying to do. You know, and all, that's, it's that's been 10 years. I'm trying to just, yeah. It's yeah. been a long time. Yeah. yeah. So I, if, if you were my brother, as Pat just said, I would say get this taken care of now. Because otherwise, it's going to be five more years from now, and you're still got the, the problem. And if you were my brother, I would say, don't come to me looking for a loan. <laughs> That's only if you were my brother. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on anything in my, my current family situation. <laughs> <Okay>. so <let's... laughs> oh, every family's got its own dynamic. I went on vacation with my family last week. My four kids, um, age 20 to 25. Um, we went to uh, Alaska uh, last week, and my wife and I and our four kids, and we had a marvelous time. We just had oh. a, probably one of the best vacations and uh, your I can kids, remember. What are your ages of your kids now? 20, 22, 24, and 25. Um, and uh, they're all out of the house. My daughter actually moved back in after getting her master's degree in education and teaching, but I love having her around the house. I love all my kids. I especially love having her around the house. (laughs) Just to clarify. (laughs) I love all my children. If they ever were by chance to listen to this podcast. Um, But we had a marvelous time and Alaska was, it 
was busy. Oh, really? Busy, 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 busy. Because it's all part of the U.S. and because the foreign tours. That's are. what the, I asked why, and they said it isn't the number of people that it is a labor. Absolute labor. What it was labor? Not enough labor. Oh yeah, it's all that's the any vacation spot. Yeah, not enough labor. It's a tremendous problem. Yeah. A lot of these restaurants, they only have two-thirds. You're like, how come I can't get in? There's, there's, it doesn't even look crowded. I'm like, well, we don't have enough. We don't have the cooks. We don't have the busboys. We don't have the waiters. Yes. And it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's, it's a tough thing. Yeah. You know, Scott, I wanted to actually talk a little bit about this. We talked about these SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. We talked, I, we talked about it a couple months ago, if I recall, when they first started a number of months ago when they first started getting hot, where these things were absolutely ripe for... Fraud. Fraud, right? Absolutely right. We said, this is how these SPACs work. A group of it... And a SPAC, is, it's essentially a way... Here's, it's essentially a way for a company to go public um, without having to really go public. And, right? and, and, and they call them blank check companies. So here's how a SPAC would work. A group of business people can get together and they could say, we're going to open up this company called a special purpose acquisition company. And we're going to underwrite this, which means they are out of their pocket going to pay for the cost associated with the incorporation of the company and raising the money. It's not an easy feat. You've got to have some specialty there. So they go out and they say, we're going to put in $10 million, but we're going to raise, let's say $500 million. And we're going to raise this. And when we raise this money, we're not going to tell the investors what we're going to do with the money. We're just going to say, look at, this is who we are. We're business people. Trust us. We will go out and find <laughs> a good company. What could go wrong? Right? What could go wrong? Oh, and by the way, we're going to invest the $10 minute million for the incorporation of this company, but we're going to write this in such a manner that we're going to end up owning 20, 30, 40% of the new company. And, oh, by the way, we're going to pay ourselves a bunch of fees for doing this, including reimbursing our $10 million. The promotion fees. The called. promotion. Actually, I talked to a private equity guy, um, and he was telling me um, – how he had just done one. He said, we, quote, we crushed it. He didn't say the investors crushed it. He said, we crushed it. So this is the first example I have seen where exactly what Scott and I had talked about six months ago, nine months ago, whenever it did, how ripe for fraud they are. New York Times, July 30th, SPACs on trial, special purpose acquisition companies on trial. Charges against founder of Nicola cast a shadow over the blank check. Boom. What'd you say earlier? What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? I'm going to give some money to isn't someone. Nicola, isn't it uh, their uh, the, 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 e-company, right? They're, uh, they're the electric uh, trucks. Electric trucks. So we need electric trucks, Pat. In their promotion. Sounds perfect. In, so they're being charged. Um, the it was started. This Nicola went public in June last year by merging with a blank check firm, Vector IQ. And Vector IQ was founded by a former General Motors executive. So it's got all the bona fides, right? It's a GM executive. We gave it a fancy name like Vector IQ. This gentleman, Milton. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office of Manhattan, said they have defrauded the investors. You're like, how could they defraud the investors? Well, this is the best part. They actually showed a picture of the truck driving down the road, a video of it. It sounds great. They omitted the fact the truck was rolling down an incline due to gravity rather than under its own power. So for the promotional video. So they make it look like the truck's operational. <laughs> Check it out. We have the trucks. They're built. Look at it go down the highway. <laughs> right. That's great. That is like me riding my bike and going down a steep hill and bragging about how fast I am. It, I'm fast for that little period of time on the steep hill on my bicycle. The rest of the time, I am slow. How in the world can they think that, the, that 
you, first of all, that they can get away with that. I know. <laughs> no. Isn't this awful? And think of all the investors that put money into these special purpose acquisition companies. So what's going to be the outcome of this is regulation. And we see this stuff pop up time and time again. We see it in the cryptocurrencies, uh, non-fungible tokens. Uh, is that what they're called? Yeah, non-fungible? yeah, yeah. NFTs. NFTs. Non-fungible tokens. We see this in SPACs. It takes regulators a little while to chase down. <laughs> to catch up. Forgot what's going on. To catch up on these things. And in the meantime, while the regulators are trying to catch up, people lose not millions, but truly billions and billions of dollars. And when this SPAC fund started, this craze started about a year and a half ago, you and I both said, this is just a reallocation of- Transfer of wealth. <laughs> from people who aren't in the know to people yeah. who are in the know net worth. Watch, there'll yeah. be more to come. Not, not, and it's not to say that they're all bad. They're not all bad. They're just not regulated. The same way a public company is. Yeah. They are public companies, but they just get through this little loophole. Yes. So they just like they drove a truck through the loophole. Didn't mm. drove a truck. They crew, they allowed it to roll downhill. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually a pretty good analogy. They drove a truck. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, head back to the calls. Uh, all our contact numbers, 833-99-WORTH. We're talking with Gretchen. Gretchen, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Well, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, thank you. I really you. appreciate it. So um, in my short question is, I've got a question about where to park uh, about a half million dollars of cash until the stock market crashes. So the longer thing is that I have about two and a half million in my traditional IRA, and um, uh, I got scared over this past year because I had profited so much from the rising uh uh, um, the stock market, especially the NASDAQ, where I had a lot of investment in tech stocks. All my, uh, almost all my investments in my RERA are in di individual stocks. So um, I, I decided I, rather than being greedy, I should um, take some of those profits um, while they were seemed to me overvalued or just real, had risen so high. And so now I have um, I've accumulated like $500,000 in cash and it's earning like nothing over, so, you know, in my account. So Gretchen, this is in your IRA. So this is what I just yes. heard from you. I have a highly concentrated position in technology stocks in my IRA. <laughs> Excuse me. 80% of those of my portfolio is in this highly concentrated technology NASDAQ sector and 20% is in cash, which gives me an 80-20 portfolio. Is that what you said? Well, um, you're saying it, no, it's not high. It's not too highly concentrated in, um, in tech. I, it was the tech stocks oh, that, you that sold. seemed rather explosive that I sold. Okay. And yes. so the $2 million and, that's and still have, in stock, and I, yeah. how is that? Uh -huh. is, are those, is that all in stock? I have some in just dividends, um, stocks, it just not necessarily tech. Okay. And how um, long have you had a portfolio yeah. like this? Um, that IRA uh, has been accumulating for like uh, maybe 30 years. And how long have you and held it in? I also have a Roth IRA. How long have you held this IRA in individual stocks like this? Or is this a just new? About, I'd see, that's about... 10 years. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 62. And are you retired? I just retired. Oh, congrats. How did you, you. how did you manage the portfolio during the financial crisis? Um, I just held on to things and I, uh, just, I just held, I'm usually just held for the long term. I'm not someone who usually buys and sells, but it just, I, I it might have been prudent. You're like an winner. individual. I mean, I'm, I'm a I'm a believer in like the stock market for the long term. But when you're starting investing in individual companies, there are clearly times mm -hmm. to sell and clearly times to buy. So there is uh -huh. there is given by the way, um, 
you doing what you did, regardless of market conditions, was probably a very responsible thing to do. And whether the market was up and or down or flat, because you went into retirement. Yeah, and you sold some of your the ones that had the just had the run up in value. Oftentimes, people sell the losers. Yeah, and so they think losers. They might be great companies, but the price hasn't moved much. Mm -hmm. I would make. I would make the argument that your portfolio and are you living going to are you living off a pension? What are you living on in retirement? Income? No, right now I'm living off of some savings. I just had put some money okay. in a long term, you know, like a high interest when, savings account. When that money's gone, what will you be living off of? Um, I'm um, I'm not really sure. I'm going to sell stock or live off of dividends. That that's. Okay. I'm looking at that now. How much yeah. money do you have in savings? Um, so just probably another $70,000. And what was your income when you were working? About 100000 when I stopped. And do you own a home? Yes, I own a home and two rental properties. I have about a million in equity and uh, real estate. Do you owe money on any of that? Yeah, well, that's I have a so my in real estate I probably have one point two million. What do you owe on that value, real estate? But about I only own like two hundred thousand. Okay, Good. so here's look look you you are the poster child for 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 Roth conversions right now this year this right now. So you, you have essentially no income. Yeah, yeah, correct. You called asking about whether you what to do with five hundred thousand, and I went a hundred and eighty degrees in a different direction. Right, that mm -hmm. is a question that we will answer. But what you should be doing is, first of all, determining. I, I would, I'd, I would make a premise that that you should start IRA distributions almost immediately. And if you don't start IRA distributions, then you should actually start converting your Roth IRA to Roth IRAs. My guess is you'll probably be better off doing a combination of both those things. I would not be living off those savings um, and waiting until that is all used up before I dig into the Roth. And, and, and I would certainly consider Social Security at this point in time, but I'm not certain that would take some planning. Yeah, and, and I mean, this IRA, you've done a good job saving, obviously, over the years. The, the the purpose of it now is to provide an income for you, right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So, and I also have a Roth IRA. How too. much is in the Roth IRA account? So the Roth is about four hundred thousand, and my brokerage is about three hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so you should. I would I, look, look. In your brokerage account, do you have any uh, cash cash equivalents or short term bonds in there? No. None. Are you? It's are you, all equity. Oh gosh. You are very yeah. aggressive. Holy smokes. Yes. You are phenomenally aggressive. You, Gretchen, um, remember, you're going to react differently in retirement to your portfolio than you were when there was income coming in. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. Fact. We've worked with thousands and thousands of clients and the, how they react to market turbulence when they're retired is much different than when they were working. You need, you've got a number of different things that you should be doing in your portfolio right now. I would make the argument that maybe we should be liquidating some of the brokerage account and paying off the debt on your real estate completely and using a hundred percent of that real estate income on the rental properties to live on. I'd also make the argument that it may make sense for you to take social security and I would make the argument that you should start an IRA distribution as well as Roth conversions all simultaneously. Wait, what, what money are you saying to pay off my mortgage? Your brokerage account. Oh. Possibly. It depends Possibly. on what kind of, depends on what kind of tax situation there is. So you oh, would... So, you you, know, you, I've been taking money... Oh, well, you've been taking money from the brokerage account? From the brokerage, when I have inflated and I've been donating money to charity. Even better. And are you donating cash or are you donating appreciated stock to appreciated. charity? No, the appreciated stock. Perfect. Stock. Perfect, yeah. perfect. You would, be, you, you would benefit from uh, sitting down with a qualified financial advisor and doing some financial planning here. I, I mean, you're like poster child for I, it. I would not take that $500,000 and put it back into equities. No. Nope. Would not. Would I put it into an alternative? 
Yes, I would probably consider something other than equities in that uh, IRA, but I would not have any designs ever in the future to reinvest those dollars into equities based upon the fact that you're retired and the fact that you're You're going to need some income from this. Yeah, you are highly, highly overweighted in equities unless you have an incredible risk tolerance. Yeah, but even still, it's about timeline. So you're going to need some of these dollars to live off. So you don't want 100% in stocks at this point in time. You would would benefit uh, from sitting down with a qualified advisor and paying them for a financial plan. And appreciate the call, Gretchen. Let's talk with Matthew. Matthew, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Hi. uh, Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. We're a little tight on time. Um, So what's the question here for us? So I am a recent graduate of the University of Colorado, and I went through the personal financial planning program. I'm actually scheduled to take my certified financial planning certification in November. Um, And I really appreciate what you guys do. I think it's awesome. Um, My question is, uh, so when I put together mock portfolios for school, and I've done that a couple of times, and I kind of work with my parents doing that a little bit. I always kind of find it hard to understand uh, the difference between when you would want to use a mutual fund versus when you'd want to have an ETF. Uh Uh, Because to me, it seems that ETFs oftentimes have lower expense ratios and are easier to kind of move money around if you need to. Um, I I mean, the the fact fact, the the expense ratios on the we're talking about passive. The expense ratios have dropped significantly over the last 12 to 24 months so that there's – oftentimes we use them interchangeably depending well, upon what's well, less expensive. It used to be there would be trading costs on um, on ETFs and not on mutual funds. So it made, But now because most firms have eliminated trading commissions, that's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, so, so – but I do want to say this. If you're graduating, we're always looking for good people. Go to our website, allworthfinancial.com. We may be looking for uh, people in our Denver you're not gonna, offices. You're not going to be working with uh, no, 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, right. we're out of time. It's been great uh, having everyone with us. We'll see you next week. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.